bars and hoops, Lamont swoops, back alley cats, the back door cuts with alley oops, posting up, you on block on mic and booth, and kick it out to one who likes to shoot, oh yeah, said we merging them, got 50 with a surgeon, and some throwbacks like Snoop Dogg, with Magic Irvin, and some more in like Master P and Dr. Irvin, playing on how about maybe a little Wayne speaking on bird back then, bars and hoops y'all, we hitting up all courts, but now with the sports talk, next we talk all sports, back to it. Got Jada and Jamal Croft, haters get crossed out, crossed up across all actual facts. Points of view that you've never seen from your favorite artists, like talking about Jebel Green or Gerald Wallace. Whoever's on your favorite team, L. I mean, on the verse, it's still be great on the name for being H. Drake's opinion on spates, one synopsis of Blake, tip on Horford's fate. The fact you're giving them straight, the truth is shitting on tape. Who sports makes for a take, so true, or you can debate on who you really done rate. Come through it, really be great. The true, the fact, like a state. AAM on Prime 8, please remember. Bars and hoops, the center of the hood. Make it part of your agenda. What up, what up, what up, y'all? Bars and Hoops, Stills the Great. Zah Flynn. What's up, what up? You know, today's special invited guest, a guy that I got a lot of respect for, man. You know, I watched him come up, man, you know, on his grind and the music and everything. And he took the time out of his busy schedule to be with us today, man. Goes by the name of John Doe. John, what's up, baby? Now, it's DOE now. I couldn't. Just like how the, the, the microphone fits? Uh huh. The government owns John Doe. Oh, get wow. out of here. What? Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's a wow. jewel. Yeah, I didn't know that. Use, they would not wow. let you use DOE no more. Wow. I mean, I mean John Doe. They're telling me it's John Doe, so DOE. DOE. Yeah. Wow. What's up? Shit, yeah. damn. That I didn't know. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But that's a jewel, man. Well, pardon me, man. Well, you got DOE. <laughs> Formerly known as John Definitely. Doe. Formerly. You know what I'm Definitely. saying? Formerly Definitely. known as John Definitely. Doe. But you know, let's just get right to it, man. When did you start rapping and songwriting? Man, like, so I started rapping since I was young, like junior high, 59. Yeah. I was 59. Okay. The, the junior high queen, for those who don't know. Yeah. Um, but I didn't take it serious until maybe like 2002. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 2002. I'm like, man, I can't, like, I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna do. I gotta, I gotta do something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, had a, I had a son, you know, wifey was on my ass. Yeah. I, I couldn't keep a job. The streets wasn't for me. That's a fact. So I just, I just started recording and um, I was passionate about it. No question. Yeah, as everybody should be. Yeah, I was very exactly. passionate and then, you know, um, I started putting music out and then the right people started coming to me, the pieces that I needed. Mm-hmm. And then I, I linked up with, um, Guy named June Balloon. June um, Balloon. Shout yeah. out to June Balloon. Yeah, June Balloon, you know, and uh, put out a mixtape called Me Unit. Me Unit. And then that mixtape got me in the game. Oh, so 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 it's safe to say that June Balloon was the person that gave you the first opportunity in the game. Well, I wouldn't say the first opportunity. Um, I would say. When you say opportunity, we like like to really get your music heard, like put you on that stage. He was. He was wasn't a, no longer. Mixtape rapper. He was a spark. Yeah. He was a spark to it, but Buster was the one Bust. who opened the door for me. Because what happened, like, I put out the mixtape, uh-huh. and, and the bootleggers in Harlem was going crazy with it. Uh-huh. And uh, I was in front of Highway 7, and I saw Buster. Well, actually, June saw Buster. He was like, Y'all want to introduce me to my artist? Mm-hmm. And Buster was like, Who? He was like, John Doe. He was like, John Doe. 
Yo, I got your fucking message. He went crazy. Word. Like, went crazy. Like, you know Buster's energy. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. went crazy. He was like, yo, it's a record you got. Um, it's, uh, I think it's called New York. Y'all yeah. need to get on that. Yeah. And he took me to his crib. And he was living down by um, the World Trade. Yeah. And he got on the record, took it to Flex the next day. Wow. And Flex was dropping bomb after bomb after bomb. And then Mr. C played it the next day in the blue. And, mm. and then it was like a... A whirlwind after that. Yeah, I remember y'all had a little video and everything too, man. Yeah. Y'all did a video for it, right? Well, now we didn't do a video, yeah, but we, we we had some footage that mm-hmm. that um that my manager had and that he gave it to Smack mm-hmm. and Smack put it together. Exactly, cause that's yeah. why I saw with that, man. Shout out to Smack yeah. too, man. Smack White, what up? Word, man. Damn. So, what was like, you know, your experience, man? Like being that you came through the ranks, like going through all of these people, finally getting your music heard making it to perform on MTV, at the MTV Awards. That was a journey. Like, there was mad shit that happened from the mixtape to the MTV. Fill us so, in, fill us in. All right, well, I mean, you want a real story? Yeah, let's say the real story, man. Real story. Yeah, man. All right, so basically, after I got signed to Tim, right? So I, I did a mixtape. Yeah, shout out to Timberland. Yeah, Hall Pierre, he gave my, my oh. mixtape to, um, to Tim's lawyer. Tim heard it, flew me out to Miami, you know, uh, assigned to Tim, December 13, 2003. Wow. Mm. January 1st, 2004, mm-hmm. his deal was up. Wow. Oh, man. But we recorded the album, <clears throat> we did everything, and then next thing you know, he's off the label. I'm, I'm, I'm dropped. I mean, I'm not dropped. I'm, I'm, I'm Left shelved. Yeah, yeah. Tim's trying to look for a deal, you know, shit. I, I'm running through my advanced money because I'm thinking more money is coming in. <laughs> I don't ran through that shit. That's, crazy. that's what people gotta hear, man. I ran that's through. That's what people need to yeah. hear, man. man. Listen to me. Uh-huh. My advance was 150, and I ran. What? Damn. God damn. I had the fucking hummer. People who see, they know I had the hummer. God damn. Yeah. Fucking TVs on in that shit. Yeah. Jury, and I, I just ran through that shit, mm-hmm. and um. So, so basically the whole uh, 2004, I ran through the money, and then 2005, it, it started, that's when I was really starting to go broke, but I had some things on the, on the side, side. No question, going, no question. Right? Then I got locked up. That I didn't know. For a gun charge. Oh, man. Yeah, I didn't know that. I caught a gun charge, and from then, I'm like, yo, what the fuck am I doing? I'm like, I'm out. And from then, I, I stopped everything, and so from that point, uh, uh, um, I got locked up August 1st, 2005. So from August 1st, and then you know, the bail, the lawyer, everything I had to pay, that was my last bit of Yeah, that took oh, everything out. Man. That was my last bit of money. And so from that point, I was really fucked up. So the whole 2006, I was broke. Damn. Broke. And that's when Tim got back on. He went back to Interscope. And so now he's doing records with Nelly Furtado, and he's all over the world, and then Justin Timberlake album, and he's all over the world. So 2006, I'm home broke, watching my big homie on the screen all over the world. Yeah, he was killing it. He was killing it. He was killing it. And um, I'm reaching out to him, and and, and he wasn't hitting me back right away, but I didn't take it personal because he knew what it was. I knew what it was. He was busy. He was all over the world. He might be in another country. You know? and then uh, 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 I want to say maybe September of 2006, uh-huh. I already was working on his album. So I reached out to him and he was like, yo, I'm going to um, put this 
this, this, I had a record called Rolling that I did when I was working with him in 2004. He said, I'm gonna put that song on the album. Yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. Um, but I'm like, yo, it's old. Can I, you know, just revamp it? Yeah. I'm like, nah, it's good, it's good. I'm like, all right. Then um, in October of 2006, I reached out to his engineer. I'm like, yo, if I record some new verses to Rolling, uh-huh. could you put it in and mix it? He's like, for what? For the album. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he like, what album? Tim album? Yeah. I'm saying, I'm like, yeah. He's like, we're not using Rolling. I'm like, what the fuck you mean? Oh yeah. man. Wow. Wow. So then I hit Tim Crickets. Get out of here. Damn. I hit Tim the entire October 2006 Crickets. Tim Now it's November yeah. 2006. Uh-huh. I hit him Crickets. Now mind you, I'm broke. Yeah. I'm broke, bro. Yeah. Like, yeah. Looking for a job, bro. I mean, I'm not fucking with the streets again. That that, that charge, flashback, that the gun charge, they they hit me with criminal intent, weapon charges, all that shit. So they offered me seven years. What? Wow. Because I had I had hollow points fully loaded. I had a knife on me. Like, damn. Yeah. So I wasn't I wasn't fucking with the streets. I'm looking for a job at this point. So what was like? what was the energy about with that? Like, what, what had you feeling like you had to carry the swimming like that around? How, how much time we got here? Whatever you want. Okay, bro. well, okay, so basically. This is what we do. The energy was, I'm I'm a loner, and I was talking a lot of shit. On the oh. A lot of shit. To live up to and it, I had to live up to it. Because I'm not, my pride won't allow me to just say, I'm going to do this and I don't do it. And see, you got people out there that, that want to test people yeah. Like that. You feel me? So you gotta be prepared. Exactly. So I'm a loner. I was talking extra shit that wasn't really my hundred percent true. Oh. But because of my mindset, like I, my pride wouldn't allow me to just talk that shit and not live up to it. Of course. You know what I mean? Wow. It's actually a deeper story. So okay, I'm, I'm gonna go back a little bit. So yeah. when I did my first demo before the mixtape, I had I had uh six songs on my demo. I had two conscious records, mm-hmm. I had Two street records, but it was like street with a moral to the story. Gotcha. I had one party record, and I had one freestyle where I was uh, I was rapping over a Wu Tang beat, just going crazy, yeah, mm-hmm. just yeah. talking shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every meeting I took, everybody gravitated towards the Wu Tang freestyle. And they was like, "Yo, fuck all that conscious shit, do yeah. this." Yeah. And I'm like, "Nah," because the whole concept behind John Doe, my name is John, in the streets they called me Doughboy. Yeah, so yeah. I was giving you both sides. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Makes Yo, sense. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. so I never knew the concept. Right, and so I had a meeting with Chris Lighting. Yeah. And I played him them same records. And 50 Cent was there. He actually oh, took I over the meeting. Chris Lighty too. Yeah, man. RP Word, Chris Lighty. But Chris Lighty, the way he worded it, uh-huh. he was like, Yo, I'm with all that conscious shit. I'm Native Tongue, so I'm with that. Word. This shit right here? Yeah. Talking about the Wu Tang freestyle. Yeah. Like, this is what's going to get you in the door. Uh. So I'm like, He like, Yo, though, listen. You do this, and then you can still do that later down the line. And he was like, yo, uh, uh, if you look at a lot of conscious rappers, the ones that are real successful, mm-hmm. they have that street side to them. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because if you look at Ice Cube, he'll talk crazy reckless, yeah. and then he's conscious. Yeah. Styles P, reckless yeah. conscious. Yeah. Tupac, reckless yep. conscious. Yeah. Yeah. He was like, yo, you can do both, but start with this. Yeah. To get you in the door. And so I was still reluctant, and then, I do some 10 minute records. Yeah, yeah. 
Facts. Talking that record. Yeah, yeah. That's fact. But that was him. Yeah. That's who he is. Yeah. yeah. That wasn't who. So I, I tried to do that. So that's what my music became. And so that's why I was running around with guns and knives and everywhere. That's fucking crazy, man. I didn't, man. My, manager, my management tried to have me with a security, but I'm like, the fuck? Like, I ain't, yeah. I ain't that known yet to have yeah. security. Yeah, I'm exactly. good. Yeah. So, yeah. So that that's what happened. So basically, back to the whole Timberland thing. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I hit him the whole October. He wasn't responding. Mm-hmm. I hit him November. He wasn't responding. I hit him, like, Again, like the second week in November, and I, I really let them know how I was feeling. No you know I mean, because made you, during, feel, made you feel a certain type of way. Yeah, because well, no, just because the, the whole thing was when he got dropped, I rode with him. That's how I got uh, 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 a shelf. It was so crazy. I didn't realize he even got dropped all that time, man. I thought that the music, the beats, was just carrying him that whole time. Yeah, I, I got he he got. Well, you know what, tell the truth, I don't know if he left or got dropped. Yeah. Either way, Either he way, wasn't he on the label in no yeah. question. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I didn't know anything. I didn't know what was going on. It was a lot of behind-the-scenes shit that was going on, and I took his side. Of course. Interscope was fucking with me. Yeah. Even when they let him go or when he went in separate ways, they were like, yo, we still fucking with you. Wow. And it was a video to the Rolling record, yeah. and they wanted me to shoot the video. Um... And they wanted me to shoot it in L.A. Because Little John was on the record. He was hot at that time. Yeah, yeah, right? So they was like, yo, we're going to shoot the video in L.A. Yeah. And But this, at this time, Tim wasn't on Interscope. And I'm in Miami with Tim. The week, the weekend, okay, so it was like a Friday or Friday or Saturday. That Monday, I was supposed to shoot the video in L.A. Okay. I'm in the studio with Tim. Excuse me. And he says, um, man, if I was you, I want to shoot that video. Like, why that? Yeah. He said, man, because you're a New York artist and they got to shoot in your first video in LA. I'm like, that's crazy. That's true, but I said, but I'm from Queens. There's houses in exactly. Queens. Mm-hmm. There's houses in LA. No I could put on a fucking Yankee hat or a Mets hat and, and make city. it look like, yeah. you know what I mean? Just make sure they get all the six fours out the way. No, no, no <laughs> low riders. You know what I mean? And we make it look like Queens. No question. No question. And he was like, yeah, man, but. I wouldn't do it because you know they 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 only give you 150,000 for your first video, yeah. but they gave Bubba to my Bubba's father, 500,000. Whatever happened to Bubba? I don't know. I, when I got there, Bubba wasn't there. Okay. I'm like, yo, but this is a performance video. I don't need yeah. special effects. It's just me performing. No question. And he was like, all right, well, if you stay with Interscope, there ain't nothing I can do for you. Damn, that's like, all like that. Yeah. He's like, ain't nothing I can do for you. Wow. wow. I'm like, yo, so. I can't get no beats. Nothing I can do for you. Wow. I said, well, shit, you did the whole album. What about the album? He said, I got the masters and I ain't giving it to Interscope. Oh, wow. Man. So I'm like, well, shit, you ain't got to sell all that. I'm, I'm riding with you. I can't I can't pick up the phone and call That's Jimmy Iveen. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can call you. Yeah, facts. You know what I mean? And, um. Man, that's dirty, man. It was a lot that's, of. That's crazy. It was a lot of shit that went down. But, you know, through that whole process. So most people think I came in, got comfortable, and fell off. It wasn't that. It was a lot of politics. And my loyalty to Tim, uh-huh. you know, it, it kind of made me fuck everything up. And then on top yeah. of that, so after that, uh-huh. after that, it was something that happened before that, but I don't want to get into it. Yeah, nah, you really yeah. got to dig all on that. Right. So know. then after that, he was shopping for another deal. Yeah. Um, and he was getting a couple of offers, but... He called me early in the morning. So that that was that was May when I was supposed to shoot the video. Yeah. Right? It was the end of May. 
And in June, he hits me like early in the morning one day. He was like, yo, Thor, I need you. I'm like, what's up? He said, man, I need you. I said, well, all right, what's up? Talk to me. Yeah. He said, man, I'm trying to shop for a new deal and nobody want to give me a new deal unless I have you. They don't want none of my other artists unless I have you. Yeah. I'm like, so what you want me to do? Now he needs you. I need you to cool off. Cool off. Don't drop no mixtapes. Don't do no DVDs. Don't do don't do nothing. Because the harder you get in the streets, the harder it's gonna be for us to get you off the Interscope. And I need you, man. Damn. So I'm like, what? What's this big obsession of getting you off of Interscope? But that's the mothership. I don't Because he wasn't that. on it. Anymore. It sounds like he. That's crazy. It sounds though. like he. He's up. You should still want to work with me, even though I'm in the scope, because the checks are still going to come either yeah, way. He, he didn't want nothing. To, that's what I'm saying. It's a lot of backstory between uh, him and the, the yeah, label, yeah, or him and Jimmy. Yeah. And I don't really want to get into it. Sounds, it, it, sounds, it sounds like. Yeah, it was. It was. It, it was. A, it sounds yeah. like he's like, um, if you mess with them, I can't mess with you type of thing. You know what I'm saying? So he don't. He don't have nothing to do with it. So he don't want him to have nothing to well, do with that as well. So. Well, you know what it was? When, when when Tim found me, his whole thing was, I finally got one up on Dr. Dre. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I figured it had to be something along those lines. Yeah, because he said hip-hop always gives Dr. Dre the top producer, and not strictly for the beats, but because Dr. Dre has always uh, put out artists. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, he came true. in with N.W.A. in his album, then Snoop, then D.O.C., uh, yeah. you know, Eminem, yeah. he was with Pop, yeah. like he yeah. put out, and he was like, he put out street artists. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you had P.D. Pablo. He said, P.D. was never signed to me. Yeah. He said, yeah, I never had a street Pablo. artist signed to me. Wow. And so I, that was his, his thing. That's why he wanted me with him wherever he went. Because he could have easily produced me yeah. while I was still on Interscope, yeah, but true. then I wouldn't have been his artist. Gotcha. And again, Dr. Yeah. Dre would have yeah. had one up on me. Yeah. So let me, oh, let me ask you, man. what's the um, nature of you guys' association today? Now, be cool. So my relationship with Tim is really like my relationship with my real brother. Like, we may not speak for years, not because we're beefing, like, just because we... You know, just going about our life. But then when we speak or when we see each other, it's like it's all love. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. Um, I actually have a record on on the project addressing the situation. I want to hear that. that. I definitely want to hear that. It's definitely dope. So anyway, so all that happened, and in that email that I sent to Tim, I said everything. I'm like, fam, I had your back when this happened. Yeah. I had your back with the whole, you know, the video. I had your back when you was shopping a deal. I had your back. You said, don't put out music. Like, I'm loyal to you. No question. You feel what I'm saying? No when, when, when I was kind of like the golden child at that time, when I went to Interscope, when I went to Interscope uh-huh. and, we, and I played in my music, Jimmy Iovine had a meeting with me. He wanted a meeting with me in his office and the whole fucking room was looking like, because mm. they was like, yo, this artist on the label that's never been in Jimmy's office. And so, at that time, I could have easily said, all right, well, peace out, Tim. Yeah. I'm fucking yeah. with Jimmy Iovine. That's yeah. a big deal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But I didn't. And so I put all of that in the email, and you want to know what he said to me? Ooh, 8 o'clock. Really? Then he he hit me, like, maybe three days later, and he was like, yo, I'm finishing, I'm finishing up my album. You better get down here. And... I'm waiting to, to get my itinerary, uh-huh. get my flight. Yeah. So I was broke. I had to borrow money, uh-huh. $500 from, from, from my um, business partner at the time. And I, I, I rented a car, uh-huh. drove down there. Only had enough money to get there because he was in, he was recording 
in Virginia okay. at his okay. studio. I had enough money to get there and back, no hotel room. And so the first two nights, I'm, I had sleep in my car. It's my first time at the studio because we usually record in Miami. I didn't know that Tim, I, this is my first time being at the studio. I didn't know he had a room upstairs. Yeah. So I'm sleeping in the car in fucking Virginia. It's dark as fuck in this side block. So yeah. I'm parked on the side of the studio, not in front, but on the side because it was light. And um, he woke up early one morning to go to the gym and uh-huh. he saw me sleeping in the car. Uh-huh. And uh, then he, um, he hit me, I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I'm like, man, shit is real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That night I get to the studio, he kept staring at me. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I got the perfect record for you. Yeah. I'm like, all right, let me hear it. He played the shit. I ain't got no money. I ain't got no car to take me. Yeah. I'm like, why the fuck is this the perfect record for me? <laughs> wow. Like, why is this the perfect record for me? It's a, first of all, it's a pop record. I don't do that. Yeah. And then it's perfect because I ain't got no money. He's like, nah, man, I'm just telling you, man. I'm like, yo, Tim, what you want me to do with this? He said, man, just be you. I said, it's a pop record. Yeah. He said, so fucking what? Mm-hmm. He said, that's what makes Jay-Z so great. Mm-hmm. Jay-Z is Jay-Z no matter what song he's on. Yeah. He's himself. Be yourself. And your voice tone is going to cut straight through this beat. I'm telling you, wow. it's going to be a hit. Yeah. I'm like, don't just speak your truth. Yeah, I was broke. Yeah, when I said I don't got a huge yeah. house, I rent a room in the house. Yeah. That was the truth, no question. And then that record came out. But still, at this time, when Tim met me, uh-huh. he saw this young street nigga who, you know, I wasn't getting money like that, but I had my own. Yeah, now I'm fucked up. Yeah, and I mean, so even though that record came out and it blew up, his view of me, his perception of me changed. Yeah, yeah, and. You know, the question was, how did I get to the VMAs? So, the whole VMA thing came up. Tim, I heard that Tim, because now the record is out, it's, you know, it's all over the radio. It's buzzing. And I heard, it's buzzing. Yeah, it's crazy. It's buzzing, yeah. Right? Yeah. And I heard Tim was going to be the executive producer for, or the executive music producer for the VMAs of 2007. Mm-hmm. So, I called him to congratulate him. Yeah. I'm like, yo, big homie, that's a good look. Yes, I'm like, yo, we performing the way you are? He went, uh, uh, uh. Well, um, uh, they only give me uh, that's how you talk. He's like, they only give me uh, five minutes, and um, and I gotta share it with uh, Manelli Furtado and uh, and Justin Timberlake. So, so um, so it's, it's just gonna be me and Carrie. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna do my verse, and then and, and then Carrie gonna do the hook, and uh, and I said, wow. And I was like, oh, okay, I, I get it. He said, oh, but um, you know, um, I need like a segue between me and Nelly, so I'm gonna have my brother do his verse. Yeah, that's crazy. His brother's man. not on the original version. Yeah. That song, here's another story about the way it are. That song was in not the trash, but it wasn't on the album. Like that was they were it wasn't slated to be on the album because it was there was nothing catchy about it. Yeah. Because if you listen to the baby every time can I get it, I still can't sing the <laughs> So when my part wow. came in baby girl, yeah, that was the catch part. Like that was oh, the catchy part. And so that's when it was like, oh, okay. That's why if you listen to the album version, after my verse, it ends. Yeah. Like it's just a beat and then it fades out. Yeah. And so when it when it when it when it was played to be a single, because it was supposed to be a single, either, that's a not kind of bunch of stories. Mm-hmm. Um no, I know you do. Yeah. So when do. it was supposed to be a single, when, when, when it became a single, they put his brother on it. Yeah. So when he told me he was gonna have his brother do like do a little segue between Nelly Bertardo's uh, performance and his, yeah. I didn't argue. I'm like, all right, that's dope. Word. That's what's up. 
because I hung up the phone with him, I booked my flight to Vegas. Wow. Right out there. Immediately. Yeah, that's crazy. I booked my flight. See, I'm going hey. out there to hey. I went out there. Bro. I found out where they was rehearsing. Yo, that's crazy. I go to the rehearsal. I'm sitting there. And I talk to Tim. I'm like, yo. You know what I mean? I'm like, yo. All they know is baby girl. Yeah. They don't really know the rest like that. I mean, they know, but they know that's the biggest part, baby yeah, girl. girl right. Your brother don't start with baby girl. Yeah. He ends it with baby girl. Yeah, yeah. So how about for Tom's sake? Yeah. I say my first half of my verse yes, is indeed. baby girl. Uh-huh. And then he say the uh the last half of his verse, mm-hmm. which is baby girl, and it floats. Yeah. And it would still fit in time and nobody would know. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> you gotta think for him now. Right. Yeah, then he found out. Then, then his his engineer found a way for both of us to say both of our verses. But that's how I got to the VMA. That's it was literally crazy, man. That's anytime you see me with Tim do anything after after the whole Nelly Furtado Justin Timberlake run, yeah. everything was me chasing him. Yeah. Oh. yeah. So you see me with Tim, like he had a he had a show in uh, I never forget. In um, San Bernardino, California, yeah. and I just happened to be in LA, and that's like two hours away. Yeah. I heard about it, and you just went through went it straight there. Yeah. As soon as I was backstage, yeah. as soon as that park, I just jumped on stage. Everywhere wow. he had a tour that he was Deep setting up, like, yeah. I had nothing to do with his shock value. I was, I would pop up. Tim, no, I'm yeah. not lying. Just Anybody Tim up, can't like, know, yeah. I popped up every fucking where. Tim was gonna be, I popped up. He had to respect it. He had to respect I popped up. It. I'm like, cause in my mind, I'm like, fam, I had loyalty for you, still do. And I rode for you. If that ain't loyalty, what you call it? You, you gotta keep that door open yes, for me. Indeed. You don't gotta pay for my flight. Yeah. You don't gotta pay for my hotel. You don't, gotta do, you don't gotta give me money. Yeah. Just let me, just make sure I got that opportunity yes, and I just utilize it. Like, yeah, that's I don't fuck where Tim was at. One time he was doing a big show somewhere in the Philippines. Uh-huh. And I heard it was like, gonna be like some type of VMA type. I forgot what it was, but I literally, I, I was on kayak, whatever. I was booking my flight, yeah. and then um, you know, uh, one of Tim's people was like, "You know what? We only gonna be there that day. It makes no sense for you to come for that one thing and then have to fly right back out." Yeah. He said, "We were staying here for a few days. Shit, pop up." No question. And I was like, "But everywhere, anywhere you ever see me with Tim? Yeah, anywhere, bro. That's crazy because I never knew that that backstory like that. That's why I have yeah. a song on my project. It's called Dusty Pictures." And it's basically, I'm dusting off the picture. This picture that people have of me and oh. Tim, they think we yeah. best friends. Nah, that's you know, what I, I think everything is like that. I'm so dusting bust. off the picture Word. to show you the real. You know, because I would talk to people even still today. I would, you know, I, if I ask a DJ to play a record, if I right, cool, cool. Yo, can you get a drop from Tim? Wow. Yo, can you get Tim to uh, uh, play my artist or, yeah. or, 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 or do a beat for my artist? Yeah. I'm like, I got nothing to do with Tim right now, bro. Like, wow. it's all me. Mm-hmm. And so I did a record called Dusty Pictures to let everybody know the relationship. There's no beef. So, so speaking of that, like, what is the current situation that you're doing? What's your current situation now? What are you working on? Okay, so I, I um, I'm working on a mixtape, and I'm working on an album. And the, and the mixtape is called Friendly Reminder. Friendly Reminder. Because I haven't put out songs in and this is 2009, eight. Oh, wow. It's like riding the bike, though. Yeah. Like yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, I'll let y'all hear some records, yeah. definitely. No, but definitely want some um, 
Yeah, and I'm putting on a mixtape called Friendly Reminder. And it's, it's actually a reminder to the people that I still rap. Yeah. Like, people just think I'm a songwriter. Yeah. And it's a reminder to myself of who I am. Because I conformed to the industry so much that I forgot who I was musically. No question. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, I came in as a, a conscious type of rapper. My first, I don't know if you remember Looch. From, from, he, he was my partner. He, I used to rap with him in Jamaica. If I say him, I know exactly. Yeah, me and Luz were partners. Our first song that I ever recorded, it was a conscious record. It was called cool. Get My Act Together. Get My Act Together. Wow. So I've always been a conscious dude, but again, like everybody with the Wu-Tang freestyle, yeah. they told me yeah, to go that way. Yeah. I conformed that way, and then when Tim went pop, I was trying to go pop, yeah. I kept conforming. Yeah. And yeah. I kind of lost myself, and then I became a songwriter. When you're a songwriter, you can do everything. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You know yeah. what I mean? And so when 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 I would hear a beat, I didn't know whether to write an R&B record, a pop record, and I had to find myself. So that's what Friendly Reminder is about. It's about I had to remind myself who I am, remind people who I am, yeah. and you know that's that's what it is. Right? Yeah, nah, I'm definitely looking forward to that, man. When you get them records, man, hit me off, please. Yeah. I want to definitely hit them first, you, man. Definitely. You know what I mean? So. Being that we spoke about, you know, you as an artist and songwriter and putting your project out, what's your thoughts on the current state of hip hop in New York and the industry overall, like with the direction that it's going? Um, well, I, I had did a, a, a post on IG about the current situation in New York. New York needs producers. Please break that down, because that was so many jewels, man. I want everybody to hear that. So I'm, I'm gonna break it down the same way I broke it down. Um. So basically, you gotta know the difference between an MC, a rapper, and an artist, and the difference between a producer and a beat maker. Mm -hmm. An MC is one who cares about the lyrics. They may not pick a good beat, they may not do a good hook, and the reason why they may not pick a good beat because they wanna pick a beat that showcases their lyrics. They don't want the music to be the selling point. Yeah. They want you to hear what they're saying. Absolutely. You know what I mean? A lot of times, and all the time, an MC does it for the, 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 the craft of it. Like, they, they, they care about the art form. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. A rapper, in, in some cases, a rapper is a hustle for them. Yeah. It's their way to make money. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? So a rapper is focused on making a good song. Yeah. He's yeah. trying to sell something. Yeah. Yeah. So he's going to pick a good beat. Yeah. He's going to do a catchy hook. Yeah. And he's gonna rap just enough to get through and make it a good song. I agree. Right? Mm -hmm. An artist is a combination of a rapper and an MC, but an artist usually has talents outside of rapping. Like he might be, he might know how to sing, mm -hmm. he might know how to produce, yeah. you know, he might know how to draw. He's artsy, he, he might be a, a visionary, yes, and he yeah. puts all of that into the music. Yes, you know what I mean? And the artist he cares can about... A, he can paint a picture. Right. So the artist cares about the entire project. Yeah, MC right. cares about the lyrics. Rapper cares about the song. Artist cares about the entire project. Now, a, a, a beat maker is somebody who just makes a beat. And that's it. Okay. Yeah. A producer is somebody who helps you with the song process. He might he might do the hook for you. might give you the, uh, 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 the hook idea. He might vocal produce you, tell you how to say your raps. 
You know what I mean? Like he, he does all that. He helps you with, with, with coming up with the song. And he has to be in the studio with you. Yeah, a lot sure. of times, a producer, especially if he's working with an MC, he might have to convince him that this is the beat he needs to rap with. It's true. Like earlier when I told you with yeah. Tim with the way I are, Tim saw what that record was yeah. gonna be. Yeah. I'm looking at it, it's a fucking pop record. What you want me yeah. to do? Yeah. But he he, he saw the, it. He seen the bigger picture. And he guided me. And what I didn't tell you was the first two takes, he said, nah, that's not it. It was the third one, that's what everybody heard. Mm. And that's what a producer does. He yes, sits there, he guides you, that's right? A that's a super But a producer has to be in the studio with the MC. Yeah. And an mm-hmm. MC, a rapper don't necessarily need a producer. Neither does the artist. He might not necessarily need it. It, it helps, but doesn't need it. MC needs a producer yeah. to make hit records. Yeah. Yeah. And if you look at every single MC from New York, they all had producers with them. That's a fact. All of them. Yeah. We like to look at uh, Illmatic as one of the greatest hip hop albums, but he had four or five of the greatest oh, hip hop producers. Without question. Uh, without question. That's why that album was so dope. And if you look at Jay Z's career, or even LL career, from the beginning, Till now, they've always been with producers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's not one Jay Z album where he didn't have producers with him. Nah, that's a fact. Not one. Yeah, you're right. You know what I mean? Even LL. LL came in with Rick Rubin and them, and then he was with Marley Mall and then Trackmaster. He's always with producers. Jay Z came in with Ski Beats and Clark Kent and Irv Gotti. Then he started working with Diddy. Then he started working with Timberland. Then Pharrell. Then Swiss Beast. Then he had his own Kanye and Just Blaze. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then he did one with uh, with with, uh, with, 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 with all of them. Yeah. Then his last one was just with no ID. Yeah. He's always with producers because yeah. he's an MC. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so and so for New York to come back or, or to even have a sound again, we need because producers need studios. They need to be in the studio. Producers are lab rats. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Even beat makers are lab rats, but That's producer has to be in the studio with the artist. I mean, with the MC to convince him, like, yo, I'm telling you, man, like, yo, this is the beat, mm-hmm. this is the one, yo, 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 say that round we said the other this day, I, you know, you know, I end it like this, and in the hook, y'all gonna have Shorty come in, she's gonna sing this, whole creative process, yeah. <coughs> he's gonna help you out, yeah. and so what happened with New York, how we fell off, people like to blame Ebro, yeah, I didn't like but, that guy, man. Uh, I didn't like him at all, man. Bro, finish this story, yeah, man. <coughs> this whole persona and aura, man, it's like, it rubs me the wrong way, but go ahead, don't finish Nah, I mean, you know what? I can see how some people can feel like that about Ebro, but but here's the thing. Not, not to go off sidetrack, but if you look at the whole I-97, how many people is from New York? None. None of them. Flex. That's it. Enough. Camelo. Yeah, that's right. Like yeah, and then you have like the mix show DJ, yeah. like Bobby Trent, yeah. but the but the personalities, the personalities they're not yeah. from New York. They're not from New York. Yeah. And, and and if you look at anywhere else, see New York, I feel like New York and Cali, you can't just move there and take on that New York attitude. It takes a while to get there. Because mm-hmm. even if, and I love Ebro. Shout out to Ebro. Yeah, I love Ebro. Ebro. Shout out to Ebro. Word. But Ebro still, he's still Bay Area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's still near and dear to his heart. Yeah. And to be a New Yorker, you got to say fuck everybody yeah. else. Yeah. Yeah. Because he did that to Buckshot. That's what kind of made me feel the way about him. I even streeting Buckshot one day on the way. I'm like, yeah, yo, uh, yeah, are you crazy. talking to Buckshot crazy that like crazy. that? Like, yo, I hold New York in the palm of my hand. And Buckshot was eating it. Yeah. Like, yo, I can't believe it. Yeah. 
I couldn't believe that. But anyway, go ahead, though. Well, again, that's because Ebro is not from New York. And even though he's been here for a long time, until until he let go of the Bay, until he let go of Cali, he'll never fully have that New York attitude like that. Just love everything about New York. Yeah. Just like same thing with Cali. If you move to Cali, you have to let New York go in order to truly be a Cali influence. You can't just... Being Cali and you know, yeah, it's an aura that you can't. And so I feel like you know that was it. But anyway, so back to the yeah. whole thing. Mm-hmm. People blame Ebro and Fifty Cent, but that's not it. You look at when New York fell off. That's when all the studios closed. Yeah, yeah. Hit Factory closed, Sony closed, uh, Chung King closed, Quad Studios downsized, D and D closed, and and then all these other and all these MCs. They had their own little studio that they was going to in the cut. Mm-hmm. And if it's their own little private studio, you know, it's like bringing random people to your house. Yeah, you don't do that. You're not going to bring nobody to your house. Yeah, that's a fact. And so because the MCs had to go and do records on their own and producers had to limit themselves to just emailing or, or sending songs, I mean, sending beats, they weren't in the studio together and we left the MCs to do a record by, that's like Bobby rolling the dice. Yeah. Cause think about it, Bobby Schmurder or even Young yeah, M.A., she's a fucking MC. Yeah. That record wasn't supposed to happen. Yeah. It happened, yeah. but that's you rolling the dice when you let an MC do a song by mm-hmm. They had no hook. Nah. They gotta be their head, they gotta nah. be their person. They and it's like they got lucky. Up. To me, they got lucky. I mean, you call it luck, you call it what it want, but what it really was is, it was just an MC got on the, the right beat, and, just went, and the, but now you put you put Young Ma. Who you think is the worst rapper in New York? Like the one that's can't New York. In New York. In New York? Yeah. Damn, worst rapper in New York. A rapper that you don't really see blowing up, or they just gonna stay on that New York level. I ain't gonna say I don't like his music, or I don't like him per se, but. The way that you just put it, probably young um, Uncle Murder. Uncle Murder. Shout out to Lenny Green. You put Uncle Murder in the studio with the right producer, he's fucking out of here. Yeah. 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 He out of here. You put any of these New York MCs with the right producer, they out of here. Because, and the reason why I say that's the reason why New York fell off, because when Cali rose up, New York, we still had shit going on. Yeah. And we was able to come back because we were still in the car. We took yeah. the back seat, yeah. but we were still in the car. Yeah. Yeah. When the South rose up, yeah. we weren't even in the fucking car. And, yeah. and, they, and they got it strong. Because there was no studios. Yeah. You, got, you got New York MCs now that's musically doing their style of music. I don't know, I guess is that to sell records or something like that, but I know it's a lot of MCs put those beats with the admins on there and they're rapping over those. Well, again, because when the South rose up, mm-hmm. their music was the popular music yes. that was on the radio. So that's what, what, what was influenced. See, people like to think hip hop was like, you know, it's just, hip hop has always been a trend. Yeah. Like from our era, we, we like to think that everybody was original. No, nah, only right. the select few yeah. that cut through were original. Yeah. There were fake Wu Tang. There was a lot of fake Nas. There was a lot of fake Rock Kim. A lot of fake Big Daddy Kane. Back in our day, you had different genres of hip hop. You had conscious rap. You had hardcore rap. You had uh, lyricists. It's like today, everybody's talking the same thing. Well, we we it's still the same thing. Here's the thing with that, right? Mm-hmm. 
we can't expect people outside of our culture yeah. to define the genres inside our culture. Yeah. And the reason why I said that, because I was looking at an interview with Kurt Cobain, right? Oh, and, oh, um, yeah. And I forgot who, he, he might have been, been interviewed by uh, MTV or whatever. Mm. And they call, I think, because Kurt Cobain did Grunge, right? Yeah, Grunge. yeah. They, they labeled it heavy metal or some shit. And he was like, I don't do heavy metal. <laughs> was, they was like, no, but he said, I don't do, you know, my style of music is called grunge or whatever. Yeah. And wow. he would not answer to heavy metal. And so my thing is, if we allow these people outside of our culture, you know, whether it's the Grammys or whatever, and we allow them to label it. I've seen them put Mary J. Blige in a hip hop category. Yeah, they yeah. do. They yeah. do. And so what, if, what we would do... I don't think Kurt Cobain would have went and accepted a, 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 a heavy metal or rock and roll award he's clearly so and he feels like he's grunge yeah. because we run to that that white approval yeah. Yeah. that we want that Grammy and you know what's crazy I'll be going here is this the camera which yeah. one yeah both all right you know what bothers me let's speak about it because I was going to ask you that too I'm going to tell you what bothers me right the way that we we, we, we seek that approval from white America. Yes, it's so indeed. fucking crazy because here's the thing. I've never heard a country artist complain about not winning a Grammy. Never. Never. Not my life. The crazy part, I've never even heard a West Indian artist Word. complain about winning, not winning a Grammy. And I was going to ask you that too, man. Like, is that important to you as an MC to win a grand? Five mics was important to me no when question. I was growing up. No question. A source award was important to me yeah. when I was growing up. Yeah. Soul Train Award. I've never, when I was younger, I've never waited up to watch the Grammys. Unless yeah, Michael Jackson was performing. That's a fact. I never watched Other it. than that, it was the Soul Train Award I was yeah. waiting for. I yeah. never gave a, f and no, no, no shade to the Grammys. Yeah. It's just that, that that wasn't something that I was aiming for. Yeah. But if even today, you can hear, an artist can have five BT awards and only been nominated by the Grammys. And when they introduce it, go, Grammy nominated, yeah. so and so. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, you won't even say BT yeah. award winning. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you're yeah. right, you're yeah. right. You'd rather yeah. just say Grammy yeah. nominated? Yeah. That means you fucking lost. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. didn't win. Yeah. That's you won the BT award. Yeah. They, they say, yo, you the shit here, you won. Yeah. Grammy said, uh, hmm, almost. Yeah. Yeah. But we yeah. still praise that. Yeah. Now, I've been in the music business for a long time. I don't actually know if you get money for a Grammy or, or if it's some type of pension you get yeah. later, I don't know. Yeah. If, yeah. if that's the case, okay. I don't know. But you know what I mean? I always wondered, like, for artists, was that something that you aimed for, like, yo, to win a Grammy? I've never aimed for Grammys. A lot of them ever. thinking that. I respect this. And what he said was some real shit, like five mics, like people lost that. Damn, that when I yeah. tell you I wanted yeah. a fucking five, five mics. Five mics you know yeah. what I'm saying? You want to open up that sauce and like, yeah, I'm five mics, man. Like, yeah. Do you know mics. how much the five mics meant? Yeah. Word. That's coming from your Word. people. That's Word. all I wanted. That's coming from your people. And, and that's you, what I'm saying. Like, we, 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 we look for approval from them. And I'm like, I don't, I don't care. Like, yeah. so basically, if, if, if we was to stop other people outside our culture from labeling us things that we're not. Like this new rap that's going on, they call it mumble rap. I don't like that term. I like melody rap. Melody rap? Yeah, because mumble rap is disrespectful. You know what I mean? I don't want to be disrespectful. It is. No, I dig it. Melody rap, because that's really what they do. Yeah. They, they're, yeah. they're, they're relying heavily on melody. Yeah. So yeah. I call them melody rappers, 
And actually, if you look at these, they're, they're not even rappers. They not. They don't they're call not. themselves rappers. Mm -hmm. No, they don't. They don't. They call themselves they, punk rock. They call yeah, themselves rock stars. Kodak, rock stars. Black and all those guys, like. But fam, but look, right? Well, let yeah. me show you something deeper. Uh -huh. Music and fashion recycles every 20 years. No yeah. question. If you look back to the 90s and you look at rock stars or punk rockers, and, and, and I told you a description of a punk rocker was skinny, skinny jeans, uh, boots, uh, shirt off, yeah. tattoos, yeah. long hair, yeah. jump around on stage, yeah. can barely understand them. <laughs> <laughs> Let's look today to these rappers. Skinny, yeah. skinny jeans, wow. tattoos, wow. shirt off, yeah. long hair, dress, color, jump around on stage, yeah. you can barely understand them. Right. They're not rappers. Wow. And you know, and, and I can't yeah. even fault them though. I can't even fault them. The you wanna know why? You wanna know why I can't fault why? them? Because again, we looking for approval from white people. When in the 90s, when hip hop was on top of every fucking thing. I'm sorry. They it's said, so but you're not a rock star. Damn. Run DMC Ooh, said, I'm the king of rock. Yeah. Word. That's yeah. Right. Because that's the pinnacle to us. Crazy, when yeah. rappers was the top of everything, we still said, you're not a rock star. Word. Mm. So that's us looking. No, I love Run DMC. Shout that's out to Dickie Simmons, my Word. family, Word. Perry. No um, but yeah, like, we, 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 and, and you want to know something deeper? It's African Americans. I won't even put all black people in America, not, not West Indian Americans, not Africans from Africa that live in America, it's African Americans, no it's question. us. Yeah, no question. It's us who seek that approval. No question. Oh. That shit gotta change to me. Oh, it's us, you can't even, and, and the reason why I say you can't put those two together because if, 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 if you go to a predominantly African American neighborhood, mm -hmm. for the most part, you're gonna see three black owned businesses. That's a barbershop, that a barbershop, a salon, mm -hmm. and a restaurant, probably a fish and chip or soul food. Facts. Yeah, right. You know, you might, you might have some other miscellaneous black owned businesses here and there, but those are the main three. Mm -hmm. You go to a West Indian American neighborhood, mm -hmm. you're going to see them same three. Mm -hmm. Barbershop, salon, restaurant, probably Jamaican restaurant or whatever. Mm -hmm. You're going to see a West Indian bakery. Yes. You're going to see a West Indian health food store. Mm -hmm. You might even see a West Indian deli, mm -hmm. West Indian fruit stand, mm -hmm. because they have fruits that are indigenous to their country yeah, that don't grow here. You, you, you're going to see a West Indian home improvement business, mm -hmm. electricity business, plumbing business, mm -hmm. mechanic, auto body. West mm -hmm. Indians even have clubs or lounges that they party in their own neighborhood. They don't need to leave their community That's to party. Yeah. Yeah. You can't even go, if you want to go to a real West Indian party, you have to go to their community. But us African Americans, yeah. you want to party, we have to leave our community. Yeah. Yeah. Go on the other side of town, or go into another borough, or go to the city. That's a jewel. You understand? Because us, we don't get, and the reason why is image, man. Image is so important. That's why I got back to, you know, friendly reminder. This is just the type of thinking I was on back yeah, then. That, and it's needed. I lost right my now. way. But if you look at, you know, West Indians in their country, whether it's, you know, Jamaica, Haiti, or whatever, everything in that country is ran by black people. Yes. 
Indeed. The country may not operate on, under total autonomy. They might have a sovereign state like France mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know America or, or Britain, mm-hmm. but the day-to-day is ran by people who look like them. And so Jamaicans, they've seen people who look like them in high places. Yeah. To Haitians, Barack Obama isn't the first black president they've That's seen. Nope. You understand? So when they come here, they don't have this sense of inferiority. That's why West Indians come here and they get busy. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, They'll work all these jobs to push their children. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. But us, the image of power, success, and beauty has always been white here in America. That's a fact. So when we get money, we move next to white people. West Indians get money, they move next to other West Indians. Yes, indeed. That's a jewel. He ain't lying. Yeah. He ain't lying. So... This is why we need to fix that whole image thing. This is why I felt like, cause I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a spring chicken, right? I shouldn't still be rapping, but I should. Why not? Because hip hop is still, there's people in their 60s that listen to hip hop. Yes, indeed. That grew up with hip hop. There's a reason why I'm still putting out music. With you, with you saying that, why, let me, let me word this correctly. A lot of people seem to put an age limit on, on hip hop, excluding all other genres of you can have 70 year old people singing, it's no problem. A 40 year old rapper seems to be a problem to people. What do you think about that? Well, again, that goes back to the psychological issues that we have. Yes. It's not just with hip hop. It's just young and old black people, period. Mm-hmm. There's always been that bridge. It's always put the young, I mean, the old Willie Lynch love. Put the light against the dark, the young against the old, the men against the women. Okay. You know what I mean? So okay. I think I think that's, that's okay. definitely part okay. of the issue. Yeah. You know what I mean? So with hip hop, I think it's, yeah. it's because hip hop was so street, yeah. Like as you get older, you don't oh, you don't still have them saying. Yeah, it's it's you change with your age, so you ain't got to rap right. like you was telling me yeah. earlier. You ain't got to rap about being on the club no more. If you got this, you got over that. LL can still go. Jay Z is still going. Forever. These dudes yeah, yeah. ain't their forties. Facts. Forever. Why can't somebody else come in like that? All, all I see on social media is. Oh, you're 40-something, you're rapping, you shouldn't be doing that, you're 40-something, you're rapping. And I'm like, dude, yeah. why, do you, why do they criticize that one of the young brothers? They don't say nothing about the country, they don't say nothing about yeah, hip-hop, none of that. They don't, it's only hip-hop. None of that, it's only hip-hop. Put hip-hop. that age limit on. Because Primo and them are still going and oh. they pushing 50, still oh. putting bangers out. Oh. I think Primo is 50, if I'm not Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's yeah. my point. Oh. Dre. All of them is 50, but you know what I'm saying? Does, I don't like that. It, I just, yeah. it doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, only hip-hop, we put a stigma on, on, on our, yeah. on our well, culture. I mean, that's, that's yeah. us. Well, that's, that's up to us to really to set the example and show them that. Exactly. You can be whatever age and still be a hip-hop artist. You just got, the, the content has to be age-appropriate. Yes, yeah. indeed. Like 444 is age-appropriate. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. A lot of the young ones would understand that. Yes, that indeed. Rap right, because exactly. it's not for them. Yeah. Like I didn't understand Rakim when I was younger. Woo. No, not sure. Yeah, cause I we, that was above our head I back then. But we just was like, yo, it it was was I, didn't hear, I didn't hear Rakim at all. Was 11, so that, that type of I didn't care for on. rap at all back. What? Get out of it here. It wasn't until Slick Rick. When I heard Slick it's Rick, the, story the Great Adventures of Slick yeah. Rick, mm-hmm. because in my household, it was R&B. Mm. And so Slick Rick was the perfect marriage between melodies and lyrics. Mm-hmm. And that was, 
that blend mm. that I was like, oh, okay, this is dope. So safe to say that I was your, that was your influence. Well, it was Slick Rick. He was he was the one who got me into hip hop. Mm. And then it was Nas and Method Man and Biggie, mm. Tupac, Early Ice Cube. Like mm. those are my uh, influences. Got you, got and you. It's Slick Rick too. I can't front. Like early no on. Question. Like, I'm, if you listen well, to my old music, that was what? Yeah. I still listen to that album. Yeah. Man, see, I say The Great Adventure is the greatest album, yep. then Illmatic, yep. to me. Wow. To me. What? Wow, yeah. man. Nice. Nah, so remember, remember you know, Nas was influenced by Slick Rick, too, you know, but his storytelling abilities. Right. I'm going to tell you one thing. Mm -hmm. You take Slick Rick out of hip-hop, mm -hmm. everything changes. The storytelling aspect of rap yeah. would probably be it. Like yeah. yeah. If Slick Rick never went to jail, rap would have went a totally different way. That's a fact. That's a fact. He was the innovator. He was the leader. That's a fact. So Kane and them couldn't change it to a certain aspect. I see now, Kane. They didn't have, yeah. because you got to he didn't yeah. have, his voice was different. Yeah. His approach, his accent. Yeah, you yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. A thousand chains? To this I day, stopped. still the same. To this day, I his stopped. aura was crazy, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's a preference, so, though. Everybody it, has their preference. Exactly. See, I don't really get into this argument of who is the greatest or whatever. <coughs> the reason why is because if you feel it's Illmatic you is like. the greatest, you're right. It's what you like. Because it's... <clears throat> the Great Adventures of Slick Rick <clears throat> was that for me because of what it did for me at that time. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it brought me to hip hop. Illmatic <clears throat> made me want to rap. Slick Rick made me want to listen to rap. Illmatic made me want to rap. Okay. So it's a step exactly. process. Like, and then when I heard, you know, uh, uh, Tupac, it was like, okay. <clears throat> yeah, Pop. Yeah. Pop was, um, I said this the other day, man. Um, was his first album a classic? No. But people put him. We agree. In, I agree. But truthfully, people put him in the top five. Truthfully, category. To me, pop only classic is Machiavelli. Yeah. All the other albums <coughs> had huge record, dope record, bunch of filler. Dope record. He had a lot of flip out songs that I though. didn't like. All eyes on me. I like all eyes on me. I listen to all of them. All eyes on me would have been a perfect non-double album. Yeah. 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 If they'd have took out all the fluff. If they would have took out all the extra record, it would have been yeah. a perfect. If yeah. he didn't release two apocalypse now, strictly for my, I like strictly for my niggas better than two apocalypse now. Yeah. That was to me. That was like his real coming out. If Pop wasn't such a busybody, Pop would have been <laughs> the greatest ever. I mean, yeah. he's still yeah. top two, top three. He's a different rapper than a lot of people. See, Pop, but see, Pop can let you know, I'm not a lyricist, but I'm gonna let. He said it numerous times. I'm not, I don't think I'm the greatest rapper. I'm not a lyricist, but I'm the realest rapper. Yeah, that's his thing. But what, but, but what I mean is, Pop would do a record. Write it, 15 minutes, record it. And if you listen to his records, like I listen to like the ad-libs and like my ears yeah. is trained yeah. to hear the mistakes. I can hear all the mistakes 
and his like I yeah. literally can hear him I rapping be against the world and da 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 da. Yeah. And then he'll stop, and then on another track he'll fill that part in, mm -hmm. and then he'll come back on the same lead and continue rapping. Yeah. You can tell when they get punched. I can tell when he punch yeah. in. I can yeah. tell yeah. like it was yeah. it was all over the place. Yeah, it yeah. was dope. It yeah. fit him. Yeah. But yeah. if Pac would have ever took his time, I think Pac would have. Destroy. I don't think nobody, because Pac had the ability to resonate with people. If he was mad, you was mad. Yeah. He was sad, you was sad. Yeah. Yeah. This music had a lot of substance. Yeah, it had a lot of conviction to it. And, you know, um, if he'd have took his time, Pac would have definitely. But I mean, obviously, he knew something we ain't know. Yeah, that's, that's why he was rushing. That's a fact. You feel that's me? A fact. No doubt. No he knew it. No yeah. doubt. Yeah. Cause he would just. Write something, boom, next. Write yeah. something, boom, next. Yeah, so many, so they put out next. so many next. I'm like, dude, you yeah. like a song will come to me. Like, exactly. But well, see, next. Biggie took his time. That's why yeah. we don't have extra Biggie records. Mm -hmm. He knew exactly what he wanted to say. Mm -hmm. He said it, laid it down. That was it. Yeah. So let me ask you this, though. What made you come up with the whole concept that you got on social media now with the whole Ask Dope thing? What was, where did that come from? Well, um... I, I got an email, well, a DM from this this, uh, this aspiring song um, writer, mm -hmm. and she was asking for advice. And literally, as I'm replying to her, I'm like, somebody else might need to hear this. And truthfully, I'm more of a speaker than a writer. Like all that grammar correct and auto correct mm -hmm. and where to put the period and commas yeah. and. You know, some people on Twitter, they know I love reading their shit. But yeah. when I proofread my shit before I send it, I'm like, so I, I like to speak. So yeah. I, I was like, you know what? I asked her, do you mind if I reply to you in a video? Mm -hmm. Because most people, it might be other people who need the same advice. And she was like, sure. So I put it out and it got response to it. And I'm like, okay, well, let me keep on doing it. Now mm -hmm. was just the whole, the whole thing. Because people have been telling me, they was like, yo, man, like when you give advice, you give good advice. Mm -hmm. And... You're passionate when you talk. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? So I'm like, mm -hmm. well, let, me, let me try it out. Let me mm -hmm. see if the people, you know, fuck with it. They, they've been they've been rocking with it. And that's dope because yeah. that leads right into my next question. Like, so what advice would you give to aspiring artists trying to get into the game right now? Because your story was kind of ill. And like, a lot of people probably didn't catch how he got on. He said that a demo was sent to a lawyer who then sent it to mm -hmm. yeah. the person that he needed to get it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. This is how most people get on, you know what I'm saying? That's important, but what right. advice would you give to aspiring artists? First, I would say, are you passionate about this? Like, would you do this for free? Are you willing to do this for free mm -hmm. for a year without getting paid? Mm -hmm. And if not, don't do it. Facts. I'm talking to the artist. I'm not talking to somebody who wants to make a, a you know money and make a hit record like mm -hmm. that. You just keep like, you know, Throwing it out there until mm -hmm. the stick, throwing on the wall until the stick. Mm -hmm. But for an artist, you're talking about an artist, an MC, like you, mm -hmm. you really have to have passion because there was a lot of times that I was broke and I kept going. Yeah. And people mm -hmm. always ask me like, "Damn, how'd you persevere through all of this?" I'm like, "Yo, it's what I love." No question. You feel me? And even when my career wasn't taking off, I still loved it enough to say, "Okay, well, I'll write songs for other artists." Yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I'm still hearing my music out there. Exactly. You know what I mean? These are still my thoughts, my melodies. Mm -hmm. I'm just not the one performing it. Um, but you just got to be passionate about it. If you're passionate about it, and, and you have to be passionate, consistent, you know, you have to really know who you are. 
you know what I mean? Like, again, the whole friendly reminder, um, I took off from the industry from like 2012 to maybe like 2015. I had to find myself musically because I was a songwriter and I conformed to gangster rap, street rap, and then pop, and then, and it was like, I would hear, I would get a beat and so many different ideas would come to me. And I didn't know which one was me. And so I had to leave the industry, had to find myself, and and the way you find yourself musically is you do a bunch of songs, do like 10 to 15 records, and then listen to those records, play them back, and your music will tell you who you are. No doubt. Because my music told me who I was. That's where I had to think about, like, dang, you a conscious rapper. What the fuck was you talking about all that street shit? Mm. You ain't no pop rapper. Mm -hmm. Like, you... Because I played back out of the 10 songs that I did, mm -hmm. Maybe like six of them was conscious and like four was like street conscious. Mm. So mm. I'm like, damn, fucking And even if it wasn't totally conscious, it was a lot of gems in there. Shit that other people wouldn't say. Yeah. 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 Wow. And so you gotta know who you are. You have to be passionate um, and persistent. Keep going. And you yeah. can't be persistent if you're not passionate. Exactly. And you'll never get to where you're going if you don't know where you're from or who you are. So know who you are, be passionate, be consistent, and you'll get there. Even if you don't have the right team or whatever, once you put that music out and you're passionate about it, mm -hmm. the right people will come to you. No doubt, no doubt. So with all that being said, man, what's next for Doe? What, what should we be looking out for? Man, you listen, so a few times. the project, friendly reminder, uh -huh. it's coming out February. Um, also working on the album, you know, the mixtape was kind of like an album, though. I can't front. <clears throat> I want to hear it, man. Where we yeah. We got to come back and I'm do this again and bring some back, of the joints. Play the joint. <coughs> you had the speakers. Mm -hmm. You got to feel good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I might get in trouble with like two of the songs on there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Who, who, two songs definitely might get in trouble, man. Who, who, who like who? What um producers are you working with? In-house producers or? No. Well, no. So this is the mixtape. So mm -hmm. just, here's the thing what I like about this new generation. Mm -hmm. Everything is accessible. Mm -hmm. I There are websites where producers put top quality beats on that. the fucking internet. Yeah, and you can lease it for $30. Yeah, we know about wow. that. Fam. Yeah. Wow. I did my yeah. whole project with up and coming, well not even up and coming because uh -huh. they making money on the internet. Uh -huh. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. With with them, my whole mixtape. Yeah. The album, I might use a few of them, and, you know, like just buy the beat from them mm -hmm. and um, probably reach out to a, a couple of, people owe me favors. Uh -huh. So people owe me some favors. And you know what's so crazy? This kid that I know, man, shout out to Danilo. His whole album, because he has an album, he wanted to just put it out as a mixtape, but I took him to some people to get his work mastered. They was like, yo, you got to get this away for free? Like, this is what you go up in offices with. His whole album was done, like you said, through the internet from producers that's just posting their beats on these sites and he's leasing them. <clears throat> but he's like, yo, I leased it <clears throat> with the exclusive rights to use it. But I'm like, yo, now when you're trying to shop this store later, yeah, yeah. it's no longer, all right, you got exclusive rights. Now, if you get signed, they got to get samples beat. cleared. You got to buy yeah. the beat. You got to bring this producer in. He took 11 joints from one producer and did a whole album, which is crazy. You know what I mean? But like you said, this new age, 
This is what people are doing. Bam, you can record in your house. Word up. With good quality. All you need is a good mic. Yeah. That's it. You need a good mm -hmm. mic. Word. Word. <laughs> Michael Jackson recorded on one of those. Bam, you know that's all you need is a good mic. You can buy beats online, lease them. Word. You know what I mean? Instagram allows you to promote. Facebook allows you to promote. Word. Internet is your friend. That's a fact. You feel me? Yeah. Like, and and you can literally, with your iPhone, you can shoot a video. It's all videos are all about angles. No question. I know a director who can in this room shoot a video and just the angles and the editing make it look crazy. That's like Joyner Lucas. He was at the damn. That's it. Joyner man, I don't Shout think he gets it though. Lucas, man. Huh? I don't think he get it. He doesn't get it. Mm -mm. Word. I don't think he get. It. I don't think he understand what racism is. Oof. Ooh. Yeah. Damn. He doesn't understand the mind. Cause if you if he understood racism or racist, uh -huh. he wouldn't be hugging that person at the end. That's and he right. wouldn't be saying maybe because you don't understand me. Yeah. Hey, yeah. ain't got shit to do with them understanding yeah. us. Yeah. They yeah. understand us. Yeah. yeah. It's just that they know that they and, and they feel like our existence threatened theirs. Oh, of course. Mm -hmm. So I don't think Jonah Lucas Ooh. got it. I love the song. Oh man, know, but I don't Dope. think Joyner got it. He don't yeah. get it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I don't think we should. A lot of people bashing him. We shouldn't. Ba That's the thing. Yeah. This is the difference between old and young. Yeah, yeah. The old heads want to bash on a young dude. Man, you don't know shit, man. Fuck you, man. You gonna hug him right now? Nah, talk to him. Yeah, yeah. talk to him. Yeah. Like you're joining, man. Like now, nah. straight road. You've been down that road before, so yeah. He was the old guy. So That's the thing. Be torn. Talk yeah. to him. Yeah. I think. You know, people need to talk. People around Joyner, if you know them, just let them know. Like, yo, that was an incredible song. Yeah. But the black man's response, I don't think you, he, he nailed that, the black person's perspective. My song flipped it. Yeah, my song <laughs> my flipped it. My song flipped it. Shout out yeah. to my song, man. Word. Yeah, he, 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 flipped he flipped it. it. <laughs> he flipped it. Word up. Now, I mean, listen, he got to the point more. Yeah. He, 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 he yeah. hit the point more. Yeah. You know, but I don't think Jordan Lucas got it at all, man. Uh, but again, on my pro, I'm addressing a lot of these shit. Yeah, man. Now, please, man, shout everybody to pro shout out the project, what you're going to do. Shout out where they, everybody can follow you, yeah. follow your work and everything, man. Um, So the project is coming out again in February. It's called Friendly Reminder. Um, you can follow me at uh, DOE. I actually sound everything out as D E E O H E E E. Um, you know, but the acronym is, 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 is DOE, Dominant Over Everyone. But on every social media site is at D-E-E-O-H-E-E-E. -E -E -E. You can find me, hit me up. I got new music coming. Um, as far as writing for anybody, I, I haven't been writing for, I'm, you know what? I have one person I might be working with soon. But other than that, I haven't been working with anybody. I'm, I'm being selfish now. I dig it, man. You, you, got to. you have to. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. At, at a certain point, you have to. You know yeah. what I'm saying? I got a lot to say. No it's question. been a long fucking time. Yeah. I, I, I've been doing know, this forever. All I know is, man, I need to hear some of them joints. Man. I wish you'd have bought some of them that we could play it, but that's for the next segment. Whenever yeah. you want to come back, I'm definitely we're coming definitely back. Gonna, we're going to chop it up. We might even have it in a studio setting where, you know what I mean? People get yeah, we that. can definitely do it in the studio. Yeah. I play the, you know play, the, play the joint, you know, because you got some real. Hip hop fans mm -hmm. on your page. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And basketball and oh, sports yeah. fans. Up. You know. And, and yo, that back. why are you still watching the 
Enough, whatever that thing is called. Oh, man. I'm not even going to say their name. Oh, man. All right, dope. All right. This was my whole perspective on everything. And after, and after that, we're going to wrap it up. Um, I looked at it like this, right? Colin Kaepernick stood for what he stood for, right? Mm-hmm. Which was social injustices, the police, racism, the judicial system, all of that stuff, right? That's a big issue. Mm-hmm. So he took a knee for it. He ended up suffering for it, right? Now, the problem I had was that his NFL brothers didn't stand with him to collectively because collectively they have a voice. If they really wanted to make a big change or a big stance, everybody should have said, you know what, we ride on him because that could have been me. But the fact that they didn't made me feel like, well, why should I not watch it? Y'all are still willing to go out there and perform and make all this money for these owners. Why should I stop watching a sport that I love that's predominantly dominated and played by a person that looks like me? You know what I'm saying? That's why I watch it. It's not not that I didn't agree with his messaging, but I didn't agree with the fact that his fellow brothers and his fellow brothers and comrades that play with him didn't go as hard as he did. Because if they did, it would have been a change already. But that issue is so hard to just change overnight. It's not gonna change through one season of football. This is something that's been going on for 50, 60, 100 years, 400 years. That's not just gonna change overnight. You know what I'm saying? So I didn't watch, I didn't not stop watching football because I love sports. You know what I'm saying? It didn't have nothing to do with the whole political side of what Cap stood for, because I got what he stood for and what he nailed for. But to me, his brothers his brothers on that field, it's how they didn't care. Or they just was like, well, I don't even care about the bad. Forget all that other stuff. And I don't respect that. So why should I punish myself if you're not going to take a stance for your brother that took a bullet for you? He lost his career. That could be any one of them guys. And they still But to me, how you're saying it, Uh it's kind of like the mindset of a lot of black men. Okay. Well. I respect it. Shit. I mean, I know selling drugs is wrong. But he doing it. He doing it. Yeah. I'ma sell it too. Yeah, but see, see, though that's that's a totally different. No, it's the same. It's nah, the mindset, man. No, you following them. You, nah. You're basing your decision off because of what they didn't do. Yeah. I, I I saw I saw that they didn't you know stand up with him yeah. too or take a knee with him too. Yeah. But I'm like, well, fuck them and fuck the and whatever that's called. I dig it. Nah, I respect that. You know what I mean? I'm I like, because but but but. Last thing, yeah, um, yeah. the reason why I value what Kaepernick was doing is because he took a chance knowing that his career could possibly end. Yeah. And he did it anyway. That takes a lot of courage. No, and does. if you look at every single black leader, mm-hmm. they all did this knowing that Cause look, that's a joke. Marcus Garvey died drunk. Yeah. yeah. Who took care of his family? Malcolm X died with the money. At all, all he had in his pocket was all he had. His own Who took care of his daughters? Nobody. Dr. King didn't own a home. Word. We got mad revolutionary freedom fighters in jail. Mm-hmm. Who took care of them? That's a joke. We don't take care of our own. So when somebody takes that chance. Yeah. Knowing that they can risk it all, knowing that we're not gonna have their back yeah. when shit hit the fan and they still do it, I gotta support it. I dig it. 
I respect that. I respect it. I, I, I respect that stance, though. But that was just my reasoning, man. I ain't gonna hold you. That was my reasoning. <laughs> like, word it up. I, 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 love, I, I love, I love, I love, I love the sport. You know what I'm saying? And I just felt like, yo, man, they should all be. If he ain't playing, none of y'all should play. Then that's how you really make a statement. You really heard them in their pockets. You heard them in their pockets. I guarantee you should have changed quick. Players. Come on, the first game of the season was the perfect opportunity well, for them to take. But, but the thing players. is. You look at it this way, right? They say uh, viewership is down. Corporations buy tickets in bulk, right? They just signed the new deal. What? 10 billion bulk? Some billions of dollars. Yeah. So their money's already set from viewership. They, if the Raiders can be down on the more, then it's already got this money. Ticket sales. The fans stop coming. They still going. They already got the money because the tickets are already sold. You want to hurt them? Those players, the immediate ones on the field, they sit down. It's no game to watch. No game to watch. No money being made. No beers being drank. No hot dogs being consumed. No game to watch. Even if, even if none That's of the only way it can stop because the I thing is, Football is predominantly watched by white people. Yeah. Yeah, but it's played by blacks. At it's one played point, by us. At one point, it was the leader sport in the United States. Yeah. Not NBA. Yeah, NBA. But, but see, basketball, I think, see, football, baseball, a couple other sports, mm-hmm. they're mostly white people watch that. Yeah. Yeah. Basketball is a mixture of everybody. Mm-hmm. And mostly, because even black women mm-hmm. watch basketball. Yeah, it's exactly. hard to find a black woman who watch football. Yeah. But you see the difference between the basketball players and the football players, right? Braun will be quick to stand up and say what he got to say. And yeah. the rest of his brothers will follow. They're with the I can't breathe t-shirts. Knowing that they all going to get in trouble. The stars, the NFL, they don't do that. And I don't respect that. You know what I'm saying? Again, because the NFL is predominantly... You understand, you man. Like, I was looking at something the other day, right? Mm-hmm. You know how they say a, a, a lot of um, athletes have white wives. It's majority of NFL players mm-hmm. have white wives. Yeah. Not really NBA. And the reason why I was, I was just analyzing it is because a lot of those schools that these players go to, mm-hmm. predominantly white. And even if it's not predominantly white, the ones, it's, unless it's like an HBCU, like Alabama yeah. or whatever, exactly. you know. But for the most part, these fo- these these football colleges are predominantly white, and it's the white women that are going to the game. Yeah. Yeah. The black women aren't going to the game. They don't give a shit about that. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And so these white dudes, are, I mean these black dudes, are around white women or whatever. And so they they. When you're around white people, fam, yeah. I'm gonna get in trouble, right? Nah, you ain't gonna get in trouble. Nah, we ain't gonna get in trouble. See, see, white people keep it a buck. I can't front. I love white people, but the, the thing about them is that they can't accept anybody else's culture. It has to be their way. You know what I mean? So once you're in their world, you have to, like, when in Rome, do as Romans do. Which is cool, yeah. but wherever they go, they claim it as Rome. Yeah. So wherever they come to your house, now it's Rome, now you gotta do what they do. Yeah. And so you have these football players who are in this white environment, and now they, they, I don't want to say brainwashed, but now they're doing it their way. So they don't even look at us no more. Yeah. Yeah. Now they're just looking at the money. We had a yeah. few, we had a few uh, brothers that whole big was, um, I got a family to feed. Mm-hmm. I got bills to pay, you know what I'm saying? I'm for the cause, but I got a family to take care of. So you know pretty much where they stood on that. Yeah. 
Jay, Jay addressed the same topic that we talking about during that New York Times interview that he did. And he nailed it, man. Like, that was a jewel. Did you, did you watch that? Interview? Not the whole thing. Yeah, yeah man. Jay is a, a genius, man. And the, the reporter's, his mind was blown because you could tell he wasn't prepared for those answers that Jay hit him with. You know what I'm saying? But, um, you know, the race thing, man, how can I, how can I put it, man? It's still alive and well. I mean, never going anywhere. it's not going anywhere. You not know what worse. I mean? It got a lot worse. Look at who's president. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you know me, I'll be on the forefront. Outside of this, mm. you know, I don't really tell you like what I do, but I'll, I'll be out there. I'll be on yeah. the forefront. I'm, I'm I the saw you take delivery. Yeah, nah, but you know, when you see me, you, you ain't even seen me. <laughs> no, I you saw you. No, no, no. no I, ain't seen you ain't seen me. Like, you Waldo? saw me. Yeah, I was like, where's Waldo out there? Because I didn't want to do it. You know what I'm saying? It was against everything morally that I wanted to do, but the affiliation that I'm with, it kind of put me in that position. But, you know, I had to, but I wasn't, nah, nah. I done worked on Obama campaign. I done worked, I worked on a lot of campaigns. You know what I'm saying? In my outside life. Right. When it comes to that presidential shit, I don't really get involved with that. Yeah, it's it's it's, yeah. it's different. All politics is local. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. Everybody everybody worry about the president. It ain't the president nope. that hurts you the most. Mm-hmm. It's it's the it's the local person yeah. that ride around in big cars mm-hmm. in your neighborhood that comes smile at the library. Mm-hmm. Them is the ones that's that that we need to focus on right. in our communities. Right. And this is what I tell people. It's like, are you worried about? The president, the president is the last person you need to worry about. You need to worry about the people that sit around the president because yeah. they're the ones that help him make that decision. You know what I'm saying? Because see, presidents are selected, not yet. That's it, yeah. Look at the electoral college. You know what I'm saying? You have more power in your community than you do over to whoever's running the nation. You know what I'm saying? When you get your community in order first, then everything else will follow. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. The city council person, the smallest person, like the people that we don't pay attention, city council person, makes the most, has the most impact on you and your kids. They the ones that gotta make sure your schools that your kids go to is funded properly. They need to make sure that the streets, is, they need to make sure the parks is intact, you know what I mean? But most of our people don't really pay attention to that. They only see President Trump or President Obama, they think that's the end of the bill. But the assembly person is, is important, the senator is important. The congressperson is definitely important because they the ones that sit around the president when it comes time to make the decision, you know what I'm saying? So as a community, as a black community, we need to start focusing on the little the black guys. hood. We don't have community. Yeah, the hood. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. We, don't, we can't call it a community yet because we, we treat it like the hood. You know what I'm saying? Even middle class. Like, I've been to hoods. Like, and middle class, they act like they're going to, but they not. But we need to focus on the little people first before we start worrying about the big people. And once you change the little people, you can change the big people. Yeah, from one come many. That's a fact. You know what I'm saying? But though, I feel like, man, we got to have a deeper conversation, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We done, we done bitch it on, but I appreciate that. Yo, I respect that, my nigga, for real. We got to come back and have a larger conversation on that, man. Because that was, that was not enough time for that one. But we need to have one of them type of forums. Because I like I like stuff like that, because we got to educate our own. You know what I'm saying? And it's, it got to come from us. And I'm, I'm not afraid to talk. That's, that's nah, you ain't supposed to. I done sat around the table with Mr. Belafonte. You know what I'm saying? So I hear how his mind tick when it comes to certain things. I done seen, you know, Danny Glover and all of them come up. And I sat around the table with Carmen Perez and all of them. I, I, I marched to DC from New York 
with the whole Justice League. You know what I'm saying? When Mike saw him and them first started getting on it, I was right there with them. You know what I'm saying? The whole way. Quad, Quadril Latif. Shout out to Quadril Latif. You know, big man from Rough Riders. You know what I'm saying? He woke as big as he is. He like 300 some pounds. Big Sasquatch. You know what I'm saying? He ain't want to get in the band. <laughs> Nigga, feet was swelling up, knees, all that. So I've been around that, that, that movement. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm involved in that. So every chance I get, man, where I could try to help my people's out in the hood. Everybody know, yo, you should run for mayor, man. Run for one of them seats. I don't want that. That's not me. You know what I'm saying? That's not, that's so not my call. Exactly. That's, I like that position. You know what I'm saying? I like that position. I'd rather be the kingmaker. You know what I mean? I got you. But on another note, man, episode 45, man, steals the great. What is the episode 45? Now you're 45, we're 45 in. You know what I mean? Word, man. We gonna see you on some more episodes. You know what I'm saying? As soon as, right before I drop the project, I'm coming back to play the joint. Nah, we need that. We need that, man. I'm I'm gonna push it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm gonna push it. I'm all Because you have a, 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 audience that's real with, you know, with, with how they reply to no you, question. how they respond to you. Yeah, yeah. If they say something crazy, I can get their IP address. <laughs> <laughs> you know, nothing. Nah, <laughs> no, trust me, kid. Trust me, kid. I'm, I'll be more than willing to help you push that, man, because I'm all about real hip-hop and music, man, because yeah. I think we need a balance, man. Right now, there ain't no real balance. It's a bunch yeah, of bullshit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, it is. It's just not on the radio. It's not on the radio. Yeah. It's not on the radio, and I want to create that outlet. Just like how Stretch, Stretch and Bobito did back in the days, yeah. like breaking artists, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. First time I heard Wu-Tang was on Stretch and Bobito, you nah, know what I'm saying? Big L. For real, Big L, yeah. everybody, I still got those tapes. So I kind of created this platform for that, but also for the hook in sports. Cause you look at everything now, ESPN, CBS, the music Fox, is embedded in they trying that. to embed the music in it now, you know what I mean? But who better to do it than us? Mm-hmm. Why you know not what I mean? us? Why not us? Word. Mm-hmm. So on that note, man, Stills the Great, Zah Flair, D.O.E., signing off. All right. Peace. Yes, sir.